Hebrews 10 and verse 9, Then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will, in other words, by his will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Long years it was that I went through this passage and missed that once for all part. And I thought that sanctification, my being set apart by Christ, my being living a a good Christian life, had to be restarted every time I messed up. I forgot that he made me a new creature. He made us all a new creature, a new creation. You know what that means? New creations have no past. That old snake comes slithering around and tells you, oh yeah, but you messed up back there. Oh, yesterday you was, you was misbehaving. Oh, you got angry or you got, you got upset or you was in that grocery line and you were all impatient because that lady in front of you had 27 coupons and want to write a check. Amen. <laughs> that driver that went whizzing past you on 70 there and just barely made it in in front of you in time to miss the truck and freaked you out. You didn't think very nice thoughts about them. That's what that old Slytherin guy likes to do. He likes to tell you how you drank too much, how you cursed too much, how you slipped up in front of your grandkids, and how you made a mess of it, and you were supposed to be communicating the good news, and instead you, you did things you're not proud of. Do you know that his name means accuser? That's his job. He's a liar. He's been a liar from the beginning. The truth is not in him. You're a new creation and you have no past. As far as God is concerned, and we're going to see this here, it never even happened. That's what justification means. We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. How many times did Jesus die? Once. One. Never going to die again. Amen. You go back to Hebrews chapter 9, and what is it, verse 27 down around there? And it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness of sins. You don't get forgiven by saying, oh, Father, forgive me. You don't get forgiven by being really, really sorry this time. You don't get forgiven by promising to do better. You've been forgiven once for all. It happened by blood. It was Jesus' blood, and it's never going to be shed again. Done deal. Once for all. Other interesting word in here is sanctified. You know, we talk about sanctified. It sounds like churchianity, doesn't it? It's like, what in the world does that mean? We're speaking Christianese. Sanctified? We don't talk about sanctified much in regular life. It means set apart. Amen. Like your toothbrush. 
That's set apart, isn't it? You don't share that with your closest friends. <laughs> you don't use that for one thing over here and then stick it back in your mouth. That toothbrush is set apart. It's sanctified for the use that it's intended for. So are you. You are sanctified. You are set apart. What's really interesting though, this word sanctified here, there's a Greek word behind it. Hagiadzo. Strange, right? <laughs> Hagiadzo, this word. What does it mean? Well, it means sanctified. It means set apart. But do you know that it's translated three different ways in Scripture? Sanctified, holy, and saint. When, when you hear Paul writing to the Corinthians and he writes to the saints in Corinth, to the saints in Ephesus, that word is hagiadzos. All y'all sanctified people. All y'all holy ones is what it means. You are saints. You are holy ones. You are sanctified. You are set apart. You belong to God. Hallelujah. Man, that's some good news. Amen. Sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 11, and every priest, this is back in the olden days now, every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Now wait a second. You telling me, them crazy Hebrews, killing all them animals, burning it all up on the altar, pouring the blood all over everywhere, and it didn't even take away their sins? That's right. That's right. Once a year, there was this day called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, when their sins were atoned for for another year. What does atone mean? Covered. Their sins were covered. And this is where we get this idea we often talk about in the church, which is not the best theology for us, that our sins are covered by the blood. My friend, your sins are not covered by the blood. Your sins were taken away yeah. by the blood as far as the east is from the west. And God said, I will remember your sins and your unrighteous acts no more. Amen. He chose to forget that you ever sinned. Do you know that when you stand before God, when you, He lives in you, everywhere you are, you're standing before God. Did you know that He looks at you and He sees this righteous, holy, sanctified saint? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are perfect at the core of your being. That's what he meant when he said, I made you a new creation, a new creature. There is no sinfulness in your spirit. Amen. But this man, verse 12, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Amen. So we got those Hebrews and they're killing animals right and left for years, for decades, 
for centuries, for millennia. Can you imagine? But this man, our lovely Lord Jesus, nobody took it from him. He offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Forever is not a long time. Forever is outside of time altogether. Forever doesn't have any relationship with time. Time is a construct he built so you and I can be at the right place when we need to be there and things seem to go in a line. (laughs) That life seems to have a a progression to it so we got an idea of how to even function. But outside of time, where there is no time, that's where forgiveness took place. And what did he do? He sat down. Did you know there were no chairs in the Hebrew temple? No chairs. Because the priest, his work was never done. He wasn't allowed to sit down. But Jesus, when he had paid, when he had given that sacrifice, when he had offered himself, when he had laid down his own life voluntarily, sat down, at the right hand of God, after the last words on the cross, which were what? It is finished. It is finished. He wasn't kidding. 13. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. In other words, he's up there, allowing history to unfold, And one day, one day, that old snake, gone. Hallelujah. For by one offering, verse 14, by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are set apart, holy, righteous, blameless, saints. By one offering, He has made you perfect forever. He has set you apart forever. You belong to Him. You're in His family. His seed remains in you. You inherit from your daddy. Fifteen, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that He had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That right there, my friends, is good news. Man, is that good news. You know, that's a quote from Jeremiah. This is the covenant I will make with them after Jesus lays down his life, spills his blood, dies, but most importantly, raises again. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. This is the covenant. 
You remember that the last night before his betrayal, Jesus was in the upper room with the disciples and he said to them what? Take, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. There's a new agreement. There's a new sheriff in town. Amen. <laughs> There's a new agreement. There's a new law. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and love everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> That's the new law. This is the covenant. This is the law. This is the contract I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts. What did he say there? Wait a second. Laws. Do you know that whenever we're talking about that stuff Moses brought down off, off, in, off of uh, Sinai, we call that the law. Do you know why it's not plural? There are 613 pieces to it, by the way. Do you know why it's not plural? Why we don't call those 613 things the laws? Because it's a unit. You read in James, it says, if you keep the entire thing, 612 of them, but you fail on that 613th, you broke all of it. Mm -hmm. Why does he say that? Because it's a unit. Why is it a unit? Because it specifies the criteria that God has set for righteousness. And what is that criteria? We read in Matthew 5, what is it, down around 48? And it says, Jesus speaking now, Be ye perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Let's see a show of hands. How many of us are perfect here this morning in everything that we do, say, and think? Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Y'all a bunch of rascals. <laughs> Me chief among them. We can't do that, can we? There was only one who could do that, and he did it, and it's finished. And he gave you the credit. He's like, you see that mountain up there? I just climbed that thing. I got on the top of it. I came skiing down the slope. I won the gold medal. I hung it on your neck. Stay off that mountain. It'll kill you. Yeah. Amen. That mountain of the law. That isn't what God said here. He said, I will put my laws in their hearts. Believe and love. And in their minds will I write them, and their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Do you know that all that stuff that the devil keeps reminding you of? God has no idea. Amen. He's like, I don't know what he's talking about. He goes up there accusing, and there's one that stands before him to defend us up there, isn't he? We have an advocate Amen. when we sin. Hallelujah. And that advocate goes, yeah, but it didn't happen that way. <laughs> That's been taken away long ago. I don't know what that enemy's talking about. You're acquitted. Amen. You weren't just, you know, tried and they found you guilty and didn't punish you. That wouldn't be just. You were tried. You were found guilty. The penalty was death. Jesus paid the penalty. And you walked free like it never happened. Hallelujah. 
If I go to the bank and I pay off your mortgage, don't you wish. <laughs> if I go to the bank and I pay off your mortgage, you go into the bank on Monday and try to pay that thing, what's the bank going to do? I say, there is no mortgage on that property. What are you talking about? Take, no, you ain't taking that check. That's the way it is. That's what Christ did for you. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. 18, love this. Now where there is remission, that means forgiveness of these, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Did you get that? Nothing you can do is going to make a speck of difference about how God sees your behavior and your attitudes. There is no more sacrifice for sins. No more offering for sins. It's over and done with. You are forgiven. Now here's the fun part. Remember it said back there, once for all. Said it a couple times. Once for all. That moment when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit came and lived inside you, you were forgiven for everything you ever had done. You were forgiven for all the things you might be doing right now that might be sinful. Who knows what's going on in your head? <laughs> you were forgiven for all the things you're ever going to do Amen. in the future that you haven't even thought up yet. All them ways to sin. All those things you're going to fail at. All those things you're going to do that are ungodly. Forgiven already. Past, present, future, it's all the same to God. He did it in eternity. You are forgiven. Peter says, if you don't see these good things happening in your life, if you don't see the fruit of the Spirit basically, you know, beginning to be manifested in your life, it's because you've forgotten that you were forgiven. How many of your sins were in the future when Christ died for you? <laughs> you are forgiven past, present, and future. There is no more sin-keeping record going on between you and God. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5, he says that. There's sins I will remember no more. He said, I was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself and not counting people's sins against them. Amen. And love keeps no record of wrongs. Amen. And God is love. Amen. He's not keeping a record. So when the enemy jumps on you after you fail, and he says, man, you messed up. Man, you were a bad Christian. Look at the terrible witness. Look at all the damage you've done. You can just say, I'm completely forgiven. You don't have to do any mental penance. You don't have to sit in your mind and go, well, I can't talk to God for like a week now because I have to, you know, I have to recover from this and I have to make sure He knows I'm really sorry. You don't have to do any of that. You just get right up, get on your horse and ride off. Continue your life. Go ahead as if it never happened because as far as He's concerned, it didn't. 
That's some radical gospel right there. You don't hear that in every church. 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest. Do you see it? You can walk right up to the throne of God. You can walk right into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. Because he did it all, you are holy. And you are the holy of holies. He said your body is his temple. He lives in you. By a new and living way which he has consecrated through us, for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Because of Christ, at every moment, whether we're at our best or at our worst, we can walk right in and expect grace and mercy. We can walk right in and talk to him and tell him how we're feeling. And hey, we may be sorry for sin and we can say that, but we're not doing it to get more forgiveness because we already got all of that. But we can, well, we can say we're sorry. You know, maybe we are. And sometimes maybe we're not. And we can tell him that too. He's a big boy. He can take it. He can't hide it. He knows everything about it. He knows how many hairs are on Jerry's head, and that's changing every five minutes. <laughs> I mean, think about that, you know? That, that's why he put that little fact in there, and that's why I think he chose hair. He knows exactly. He said, not only does he know, they're numbered. Oh, there goes 7,963 right there. <laughs> Man, this is some good news right here in Hebrews. You are forgiven forever, once for all. It's all done and over with. I've kept you all about half an hour longer than you're supposed to be here. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I just think God is so, so good. You know, he is light. In him there is no darkness. Man. So good. You are encouraged, saints, to be aware that you are fully and completely and forever and always forgiven. Don't let that old snake come up to you and tell you how bad you acted. Get up on your feet and move forward. And you know what? God even uses your mistakes. He even uses your mistakes. I've seen it happen. Time and again, he uses your mistakes, especially if you're brave enough to mention them to somebody <laughs> and bring them out in the open. Let people pray for you and let people remind you what God did. And those that are watching that you think you hurt, those that see that you're gentle and that you realize that you're not perfect and that you messed up and that you can admit it, that's not the way the world works, is it? No. That's the way God works. Amen. And they can see Christ in that Amen. because it's not the way the world works. 
He did not say for nothing, as he is, so are we in this world. People see him in you, even on your worst day. Father, thanks so much for your word. We just stand in awe. Our minds are completely blown. Father, we... All we can do is say, wow. Father, we're so, so grateful. We just love you because you've loved us so much. We can't even imagine how much you've loved us. That while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Like the song we heard this morning, we were on your mind. We were on your heart. You knew each one of us before we ever existed on this planet. Father, that you would do this. That you would act in love in this way, not knowing if we would ever love you back. Father, it just, it brings us to our knees. We thank you for all that you are, sir. We thank you for your incredible love for us. We thank you for Jesus Christ, for his wonderful life, his terrible death, that blood that he poured out. And sir, we thank you so much for his resurrection that we too might walk in newness of life. I pray this morning we would grab hold of this, Father, that we would know it deep in our core, that that enemy would no longer be able to persuade us that he has power over us, that we might realize he is a declawed, defanged liar, and truth is his kryptonite. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, whom we love, whom we worship, whom we adore, and who lives in us by his Spirit. Amen. Amen.